Welcome back to Work, Love, Pray, Real Talk, Grounded in Truth. I'm Jordan Johnstone. As we've discussed community and how we've had to redefine it after 2020, a question that has come up pretty frequently is, well, who should we have in our community in order for it to be impactful? And that's a really loaded question. (laughs) I mean, as you build your community, you have to stay focused on what your intent is behind having a community and growing as a person, you know, professionally, personally, and spiritually, it's going to require support and insight from others if you truly wish to actually change and develop. But because this is such a personal journey, the makeup of your community will also largely depend on what makes you tick. So are there certain types of people or roles within your community that should be filled in order for you to experience growth through community? How do you find these people? How can you be a mutually beneficial community member to someone else? Well, we have a truly special guest on today to walk us through this topic. Reverend Dr. Nicole Martin is Senior Vice President of Ministry Impact at American Bible Society and is a dear friend and community member of Forward. She was actually featured on the Forward blog earlier this year to talk about what the church would look like post-COVID. She was also a guest moderator during our Cana Conversation series on racial reconciliation. Nicole teaches courses at Gordon-Conwell Theological Seminary and serves in ministry at Kingdom Fellowship AME Church in Maryland. She's also the author of numerous articles and has written two books, Made to Lead, Empowering Women for Ministry, and Leaning In, Letting Go, a Lenten Devotional. She serves on the board of trustees at Gordon College, is on the board of the National Association for Evangelicals, and serves as a catalyst for the scripture engagement network of the Laison movement. Nicole is married to her best friend, Dr. Mark Martin, and they live in Maryland with their amazing daughters, Addison and Josephine. So Nicole, I so appreciate you being here today. You are a very, very busy woman, so I am very thankful for you to be here. Thank you so much, Jordan. It is such an honor to be with you. Awesome. Well, I would love to start off by chatting about what community has meant to you in your life. Yeah. So first of all, I love that we're talking about community, and I think your intro was absolutely right. 2020 has forced us to redefine, and in some ways, to um, re-evaluate community and to kind of add more weight in some cases to the importance of community. Mm-hmm. For me, I like to think of community in three different levels, mostly because I'm Baptist and all things come in threes, but, <laughs> um, you know, so, so for me at, at its kind of basic level, community is my local community. That's the people mm-hmm. that I consider closest to me right now. So that's my family. Mm-hmm. Um, in some cases, my extended family as well. That's my best friends. These are the people that are actually most like me who make up my community. Mm-hmm. And then I think a step up from that, I have what I'd like to call my missional community. These are the people that I work with or I serve with in my church context. Mm-hmm. This is like my Christian community that allows me to step just beyond my homogeneous kind of family community, but also stay within the comfort zone of doing something together. And then for me, the necessary part is the global community. Mm-hmm. And I always like to include that because I think without an understanding that people, brothers and sisters who don't look like me or live where I live are still part of my community, without that understanding, I could be tempted to be very short-sighted and, and miss out on some valuable perspectives. So um, that's how I see community. 
I am made up. I am who I am because of these amazing people made up in each parts of these, you know, elements of community. And, um, you know, I think I, I like to keep it broad so that I can always keep my, my scope broad and stay mm-hmm. focused on what Christ is calling us to do. Yeah. Oh, I agree. Has your community stayed constant throughout your life or have you maybe noticed it's changed during like transitions in your life? Oh my gosh. Yes. I mean, <laughs> if anyone says their communities have been constant, it's like, Hmm, have you changed much? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, obviously the local community changes my family, mm. my close friends, because I mean, my family will always stay. That always remains the same. Right. But in certain seasons, I've found that I need people in my community differently. So mm-hmm. during the quarantine, I leaned on my aunt and my great aunt, Aunt Mary and Aunt Gwen, more than I probably ever have in my whole life. Oh. Um, aunt Mary and Aunt Gwen came over almost every day oh, wow. for a year to help with our kids mm-hmm. while my husband and I were on meetings. Yeah. I have needed them. So they were always part of the community, but the way I lean on them, the way our relationship evolved has changed. Yeah. In my missional community, you know, I always considered my church family as part of my community, but not being face-to-face, I have found really meaningful Christian community in addition to my church home, probably mm. in ways I wouldn't have found. I've got prayer groups with moms. I'm you know, connecting with people at work in ways that I hadn't connected before. And all of that is because as my life changes, my need for people in the community changes. Mm. So I think those are the ones that kind of stand out to me as, yes, Lord, yeah. same community, but <laughs> definitely different purpose and different meaning. Yeah. Or it's almost like, you know, I don't know sports and this is going to be very obvious in the next five seconds, but like, yeah. you know, there's a bench and, you know, you got to yes. call up the, you know, those certain people cause you need them to, you know, really right. close out the inning or, you know, whatever. So yeah, yeah. I, that's kind of what I, what I feel like. And I agree. I mean, I had the same thing with, uh, with my community. I mean, but it, 2020, it, it really brought in the isolation factor and it just, it tried every single part of community. <laughs> really did. Yeah. So I, you know, we, we had to get creative. We, we love a good zoom call, <laughs> mm-hmm. but right. you know, it's, yeah, that's kind of, I, I, it, it, so community has to be fluid. I think that's yes, probably what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I absolutely agree. And yeah. I think your metaphor of kind of calling people off the bench is a really good one. That's yeah. why we always have to keep varying levels of community mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. wide groups of people, because you never know who you're going to need to call up in your life from the bench. Yeah, exactly. Look at me. So, I mean, as you've established and cultivated your community, have you noticed that you need to have certain people or support roles to be present? And we kind of touched on that a little bit, but, you know, backing away from 2020, yeah. <laughs> like, let's say, you know, you, you were at the start of your career, you were at the start of your ministry role, you were, you know, at the beginning of a bunch of things and you realize, oh, wow, I need a group of people exactly. to be behind me. You know, who, who came to mind or, or what type of role came to mind as like, this is a must. Oh my gosh. That's, that's such a great question. And I, I mean, even the way that you gave that example makes me realized whenever I was starting something, a mm-hmm. new venture, a new job, entering a new season as a mom, as a mm-hmm. daughter and caring for my parents, there's, Um, there were needs for different members of the community. So, um, you know, I can think about when I even first started writing a book, I recognized Mm -hmm. I needed people around me who had at least 
started the writing process, who had published something. I needed people around me when I started getting negative feedback. You know, people yeah. could tell me like, hey, it's going to be out there. And if you haven't gotten a thumbs down on a YouTube, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, if, if every video out there in internet land has thumbs yeah. up and no thumbs down, then, yeah. you know, maybe you're not where you need to be. So mm-hmm. I, I have needed community in the times when I've been in transitions Mm. And I've really needed um, people who have gone before me in some cases when I'm doing something that I haven't done before. But I've also found that um, like when I when I think about my family community, mm-hmm. at times when a certain part of my life is taking off, I found that I needed certain parts of my community to keep me grounded. So like I was sharing mm. with a friend on the phone the other day, it's like, you know, it, one of the best joys of life is to go and have some major success and then come home and realize you still have to do laundry (laughs) or, you know, to, to get a great pat on the back and realize Mm -hmm. that you're, you're, you know, two books behind on your first graders assignments. There's a, there's a need for community that I have because I'm about to do something and I need your advice. And then there's a need for community that I have that keeps me human, keeps me whole, keeps me grounded, reminds me of the, of the task that is ahead so that I don't get lost in things that may not matter as much. Mm. So they become a sounding board. Yes. A sounding board and anchor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, keeps you, keeps you community. If, if we, if we see people in our community the right way, they mm-hmm. help us to remember who we are. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. that's important. You can lose yourself very easily in life. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Can you, I mean, you kind of started to touch on a little bit, so I'd love to hear it. Like, do you have an example yes. of the potential impact that a community can actually have on an individual? Oh my gosh. Okay. I have 101 examples, <laughs> but since we are speaking with our, our forward audience, yeah. I do remember um, being at the C-level event and I mm. didn't know at the time just how transformational that time would be for me. Mm. I went into this as I think most women do when you come into an, an, an occasion or a gathering where you're going to be around um, um, impactful women and women yeah. with big titles and women who have accomplished a lot, you enter that space with an insecurity and you think like, can I? Am I, am I in the right place? Am I, am I allowed to be here? And I entered mm. with those insecurities, but we had a dinner and um, sometimes when you're making new communities, the biggest question is, can I trust them? Can I be vulnerable? How much of myself yeah. can I be with them? Yeah. So we were having a conversation at the table and, you know, honestly, I did in retrospect, I knew it was God prompting me to share a vulnerability. And I shared with them that I could have an opportunity to step into a new role at um, American Bible Society. And I was nervous about it. Mm. And I wasn't sure if I could do it or if I was the right one or if I should consider it. And the series, it was like the ripple effect mm. of the combination of encouragement and wisdom that came to me in that moment. As I look back on that, I realize God ordained that community for mm. me at just the right time. And it impacted me in such a way that I left that conversation more confident. Mm. I left that more that conversation more uh, more. Um, more sure of the fact that this wasn't me, this was God uh, potentially opening that door. And when the opportunity came for me to step into this new role, I knew because of that community and that conversation that it wasn't just me. I wasn't by myself. I wasn't out there alone. I had a group of women who would you know, give me pats on the back and remind me I could do this. And that's just one example of 
a, a community that formed almost, you know, immediately, a community I didn't even know before that time that has now become a valuable part of my story. Mm. Well, we love hearing that. <laughs> it was awesome. It was awesome. <laughs> well, so once someone has determined which roles or sources of support, let's say, that they would like and or need, because <laughs> those are different things. Yeah, uh, you know, once they have, once they've determined those, those roles for their yeah. community, how do they find or approach the individuals that they would need to actually fill those roles? Like how have, how have mm-hmm. you done that with the yeah. communities that you've built? Yep. Uh, so I can tell you how I've done it wrong. <laughs> I will, I will. Best place to start. <laughs> you know, we actually learned the most lessons from that. Yeah. So um, I had just started out in ministry and I was kind of exploring my call. I think I was maybe 19 or 20. Um, and I approached not, not one or two, but four women in ministry mm-hmm. and literally asked them all the same question. Will you be my mentor? Can oh. you, I just need time. I need to get on your calendar. Yeah. I need to, you know, yeah. I want you to pour into me. I need, I need hours of your time. Can I just shadow <laughs> you to target? And, you know, not surprisingly, each of them said no. I mean, some of mm-hmm. them said yes and, you know, nothing materialized from that. But I learned from that moment, you don't build community with a one-way angle of what you want from people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Build community with an expectation of exchange. Mm. How can I serve you? And in serving you, how can you, who you are, what you've lived through, what God has given you, be a benefit to me? Yeah. And I think the best way to build community is to start first with how you can add to someone's life mm. and how you can contribute. And it's not a natural thing. So when I think about, you know, when, when we moved into this new neighborhood and I was thinking, oh my gosh, I need help. I need I need to find where the new new babysitters, where's the best grocery store. Yeah. I'm thinking about myself, but then then I, I suddenly had to turn the tables and realize God has planted me and my family as a family of believers in this community. Mm-hmm. And then we began to pray, Lord, show us what role we can play in this community. Mm-hmm. And my neighbors have now become part of my community, not because of what I wanted from them, but because I just said, hey, we're here. Let us know if we can ever help sometime. Yeah. Whether it was picking up an Amazon package or, you know, um, they wound up taking my kids when I burned my hand and had to go to the urgent care. But mm-hmm. there, there was an even exchange. And I mm-hmm. think that's... That's how we build community, by asking what can we give? And then in return, what can we get from this? Mm. Oh, it's, it's the servant attitude. Yes, it's yeah. the servant attitude. Yeah. yeah. All right. So I hate to be negative, but yes. <laughs> let's say, you know, you've you've asked these people, you've gotten, you know, all yeah. these really great people, but then, you know, maybe something happens yeah. and maybe, you know, somebody turns out to maybe not be the best fit. What What do you do in that situation? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that question because it's real. And um, again, part of my safeguard here is I always have multiple layers of community. So I always have more than one community. I would go as far as to say all of us always have more than one um, kind of group or network that we would consider to be a community. Mm -hmm. Since that is the case, it's okay to step away from certain members of certain communities because you know you have community elsewhere. And I think we just have to be clear with ourselves. Some communities are for a season. Some people in our lives are for a season and they may not be there forever. And Mm -hmm. it is okay to kind of back away from some things. So Mm -hmm. I can remember, um, you know, there were multiple times in my life where I invited someone in from a vulnerable state, serving them, 
getting advice from them. And at a certain point, our experiences began to diverge and the advice they were giving wasn't, you know, where I wanted to be and what I was offering them wasn't exactly what they needed. And sometimes I even have examples running through my mind right now of times where it was one way, where a person in my community felt like they were such a benefit to me, but I didn't feel that way. Um, So, I, I mean, I think it's got to be a case-by-case basis. Mm-hmm. The Bible is clear. They will know you are my disciples by your love one for another. Mm-hmm. So if we are Christians and if we are in community with one another, then the first question is, how do I lovingly mm-hmm. um, navigate this relationship in a way that communicates love, but doesn't allow me to be vulnerable or taken advantage of or to feel yeah. like you know time is wasted or not well spent? Yeah. If we can do that, then I would say there is no one way. You actually do have to deal with it case by case. And in some cases, you do need to shut down and not respond to some people. In other cases, you need to have a conversation. Yeah. I kind of feel like it's it's hard to, I don't want to silver bullet these complicated things. Relationships yeah. are complicated. Yeah. Community is messy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, community is messy. So for me to presume there's one way to do it, that would make it worse. Mm-hmm. But I do thank God for the Holy Spirit who gives yeah. us wisdom to know how we should deal with the things that have expired, our community relationships that have expired and need a renewal. Yeah. Well, and, and for whatever reason, this came to mind, but, you know, I, many, many people have told me over the years, like, you know, sometimes you saying no is allowing someone else to say yes. Absolutely. You know, and so maybe letting somebody go from your community or maybe you even leaving someone's community isn't a negative thing. It might feel like it is because it's probably going to be painful, Mm -hmm. you know, but either you are opening yourself up to be a ministry to someone else, or, you know, you are leaving the room open for that person to go into somebody else's life. So just kind of try to bring it back to positive. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Just because I don't feel that this is a good fit for right now doesn't mean that you aren't good. You know, that's right. Yeah. So right. Yeah. Let's tilt the focus like a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. We've kind of touched on it again, but you know, I, I would love to just soak in your wisdom because I love, I love You're so kind. Um, but you know, we, you've talked about just even for you, like you feel like when you build a community, it shouldn't be about what they can give you, but what you can give them. Yeah. So, you know, ultimately with, with an attitude like that, you will be asked to be in someone's community and to help somebody grow and develop. So, mm-hmm. You know what? What is that? What does that mind shift look like? From hey, I have my community to like, oh wait, now I'm on a community, or you know, is is there a shift, or yeah. is it just kind of something that you can just kind of go right into? Yeah, I do think there's a shift. I think okay. when we're talking about building our own communities, mm-hmm. we're in the position of of um, of choice in some mm-hmm. cases. In yeah. some cases, yeah. when you're being invited into someone else's community, mm-hmm. you are on their terms of what community means to them. And I have found that communicating expectations is so important to avoid disappointment down the road. Um, I go back to that example of me asking those four women, you know, to be my mentors. I've had women ask me to be part of their communities, to provide advice and mentorship. And it's been sometimes there, there were times where my life and my schedule was so crazy that I knew I couldn't be a community member in the way that they wanted me to be. Right. So right. in those times, I felt like the shift was the honesty. 
Mm -hmm. I so affirm you. I so appreciate what God is doing in your life. I am so honored to have been invited into your community. I just need you to know that often I may not be able to talk on the phone, but I'll always be able to send you an encouraging text. Mm -hmm. Or I may not be able to, you know, attend your recital, but if there's a way for me to support you in some other way, then that's great. Mm -hmm. It doesn't always work out that cleanly. Um, But I think expectation, what does it mean to be part of your community? Asking that question and setting up those boundaries is probably more important at the start than at any other time when you're invited into community with someone else. Yeah. I mean, we can even tie that over into hiring someone. (laughs) Yes, exactly (laughs) right. The concept of like, you know, be very honest with them about, hey, this is expectations of everything. Yeah. No, I, I, I think that's good because, you know, I mean, like I said, my, I've, I, like you, I mean, I've had a few different communities in my life and I think back on that now and go, oh, you know what? That probably would have been good yeah, <laughs> to, exactly to kind right. of let them know, hey, this is what I need from you or vice versa. Like, hey, yeah, I can, I can help you out, but not all the time. No, nope, nope. And I, I don't want to FaceTime at two in the morning. Like oh, that's probably yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not going to work. Exactly. Not going to work. Yeah. Uh, well, I, you know, I just, I would love to know what has been the greatest blessing in your life as a result of having a community. And I know that is a loaded question. And I know we've talked about so many good things about community so far, but just when you hear that, like what comes to mind? Oh my gosh. When I hear that Ephesians three comes to mind mm-hmm. um, and throughout all of Ephesians three, uh, Paul is talking to the church at Ephesus about a number of things, but primarily about what it means to be community. And he says around verse 17, I pray that together with all the saints, you may know the height and the width and the breadth and the depth of the love of God. Mm-hmm. And that this love, this, this knowledge of the love of God surpasses all of your understanding. Mm-hmm. And for me, that is the greatest blessing of community that I can know together with someone else, something about God and something about myself that I could never know by myself. Mm-hmm. When I think about the greatest blessings of community, the people who have been the best blessing to me in my community in this season, it's been because they've been able to show me a part of God that I needed to see. And they have, therefore, because they showed me who God was, they've been able to show me an element of myself. Mm. I couldn't see. Sometimes mm. it's been really affirming and sometimes it's been really hard. Yeah. That's the blessing of community. They broaden my perspective to see God and to see myself in ways I need to see for that time. Mm. Well, as we wrap up and I hate to do it, I, 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 <laughs> I hate to do this, but we have to wrap up. But I, I have a question that I ask everyone. So as we wrap up, I would love to have you answer this. So if you could say only one thing to a woman in the workplace today, what would that be? Oh man, I I would say be encouraged. Um, God's word is clear. There are more for you than those who are against you. The communities that God has placed in your life, the ones you know about, the ones that are on the way, the ones that are part of your life and you don't even lean on them. God placed you in community, surrounded you with community for a reason Mm -hmm. so that you would know as, as God's word tells us that they, that this all surpassing power is of God and not of you, mm-hmm. that, that you do not have to fight every battle on your own. You don't have to stress about every detail. The Lord is with you and he has sent with you to be with you a cloud of witnesses, mm-hmm. all of whom point to the glory of God and remind you that you will win because you are in the body of Christ. And that is one community that you will need and will continue even into eternity when we can really be community with Christ together. 
Well, thanks so much for joining me for this conversation with Nicole. For more information about today's episode, just go to forwardwomen.org slash podcast. That's the number four, W-O-R-D-W-O-M-E-N.org slash podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to Work, Love, Pray on your favorite listening platform and leave us a review. Your review will help more people discover Work, Love, Pray, so your feedback is greatly appreciated. As you move forward on your journey to work, love, and pray well, don't forget to make time for real talk grounded in truth.